I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Welcome to the Cosmo Happy Hour. It's everything you would talk about with your best friends, from sex to celebrity to entertainment. From the editors of Cosmopolitan.com, this is the Cosmo Happy Hour with Elisa Benson. If you search hair on Cosmopolitan.com, right now there's like nearly 3,000 search results. If you follow me on Twitter, there's probably at least 3,000 tweets where I'm talking about my own hair. Girls love to talk about hair, whether it's whether or not to cut it or like the eternal debate over whether or not you should get bangs or (laughs) deciding what hairstyles are best and worst in your own life or celebrity hairstyles. But as much as we talk about hair incessantly... I think sometimes people are a little less likely to talk about the hair down there. Yes, I'm talking about pubic hair. We are actually not afraid at all of talking about pubic hair at Cosmopolitan.com. Everybody has it or doesn't has it, doesn't have it or has found a way to remove it, whatever it may be. But I'm Elisa Benson. This is Cosmopolitan.com's Happy Hour podcast. And today we're talking about pubic hair. Joining me on the panel today is Cosmopolitan.com Senior Sex and Relationships Editor. And I would dare say pubic hair hair expert <laughs> Ali Drucker. Hi, Hi. I love that title. Can we change that on like my Twitter bio your, and everything? Yes, Twitter bio, business card, pubic exactly. hair expert. Pubic hair expert. Love it. Um, Ali, I have been so interested. So you guys, like just diving right in here, you guys just released um, a whole bunch of articles that were based on a survey that you did around pubic hair. And one of the things that I know we talked about early on that I thought was so interesting is that like people are spending money on their pubic hair and in some ways it's like a it's money that you spend for a lot of women on a semi-regular basis that's like tied to your sex life and like I don't think we usually think about spending money on our sex lives in the same way oh completely and you know like I think this is probably one of the most expansive studies on pubic hair that has maybe ever been Exists done in the world. <laughs> groundbreaking pubic it hair is research. Groundbreaking. And it's really fascinating to have approached it from all those angles. Like, yes, we went through like preferences and styles and like all the things you'd expect, but also tying in that financial element is fascinating. You know, we'll get more in depth later, but like even if you're just shaving, which the majority of our readers are it's still like you're going to spend a couple thousand dollars from the time you're like 18 to 30 maintaining it if you're a woman. Men, it's so much less. So when you add that all together and the costs of being a woman in other ways like tampons and makeup and things like that, it's like, wow, this is pretty stark. That's like it is expensive yeah, to be a woman. Totally. It's like a college class you couldn't take or, you know, right. like a car that I you like how you buy. picked like the most no shade to college classes, but pick like the most boring example. <laughs> you're like, it's a college class. It's, a, it's just- a beach vacation. I'm showing the way gender disparity has real world applications. But yes, I know. I would much rather go on vacation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, right. Real world implications, <laughs> college classes, and um, vacations. Both of those real world things. So um, why pubic hair? Other than that, you are never afraid to go there when it comes to all things sex and relationships. Never afraid to go there. We actually kind of noticed a few studies came out over the summer about what people were doing and, um, you know, if having more or less hair is correlated with more STIs. And our readers were really interested. So we thought, like, okay, if, like, 
you guys want to know more about this when we're covering it in other ways, like let's go straight to the source and really get you some information about what your peers are up to. So you guys commissioned this huge survey. We're going to talk more about the shocking findings of that in just a minute. But before we even get there, you were mentioning right before we started recording that you have a pubic hair story. Oh, totally. Like one of the more obvious findings is that like more men are asking women to change what they have going on like to their preferences and like i remember like that actually happened to me like you think it happened to you you lived it i lived it it happened to me i was 17 it was like my first sexual partner ever and i remember like we were having sex he was going down on me and like you know he like made some comment about the fact that like you know i had hair there i'm like well would you rather like me not have it and he was like yeah and at this point, like, I was, like, young. I, like, didn't really know about, like, waxing and things like that. So I, like, started shaving. And, like, that right. shit is painful. Right. I can't believe it. Was that how his tone was? Where he was like, yeah. Like, of course you would do this. Yeah. What it really dick. was. Like, it didn't occur to him. Like, should should we call him right now? <laughs> oh, my God. No, I don't even think I have his number anymore. Yeah. He's probably, like, off, like... I was about to say something terrible. He's a terrible person. I hate that guy. Although he was probably like a young teen too. So maybe he's matured since then. I think he's matured. His heart was probably in the right place. But I I do think it's indicative of the fact that like men kind of naturally feel this entitlement to their partner's bodies that women don't feel. And like this is like we're not going to like deep dive into like scary dark sides of porn on this particular episode. We've done many episodes. We do it every other episode. I know. We do it every other episode. But like certainly I think that's a I feel like in some ways you can't talk about pubic hair and the expectations men have for the way women are groomed without at least mentioning that because most women in porn are depicted as being completely bare down there and a lot of guys, especially the 17-year-olds, you know, in the world probably have more experiences watching sex on screen than they do actually having it with, like, real women who completely, breathe and have hair. Completely. So certainly that shapes, I think, these ideals around it. Absolutely. Um, and what has been the response from readers to the survey results that are, you can check out all of these. Mm-hmm. Just go to Cosmopolitan.com and search pubic hair. You'll find all of these articles, including this survey. We're going to, I keep teasing it, like, we're going to talk more about oh, it. God, yeah. But what has been the response um, from readers since this all went up on the site? I think people are like annoyed by the findings but not super shocked yeah. which is like sad when you think about it you yeah. know it's like ugh, I kind of figured this was happening but it's a bummer that this is how men actually feel right right like the way like the their actual like anonymous survey feelings haven't really caught up to where we would like people to be which is like recognizing yeah. that like what you do with your body and your pubic hair is totes a personal choice totally a personal choice yeah um so i think we should go ahead we've been like teasing the shit out of it <laughs> we should go ahead and call up our friend amelia who was your partner in crime on this survey yes amelia yes. is a fabulous data journalist who helped us from conception of like the just the questions themselves right up to like the interviews and reporting out the survey so she's fab great let's go ahead and call her up If you're like me, then just the thought of going into a used clothing store stresses you out. Digging through all the different clothes, shoes, and accessories can just be super overwhelming. That is why I'm totally obsessed with ThreadUp. It's the online secondhand store with thousands of designer and brand name clothes and accessories that are always up to 90% off. You can search by your favorite brands like Lululemon, J.Crew, Banana Republic, Anthro, and more. And you can filter by size, color, price, and style with thousands of new items added every day. ThreadUp triple inspects each item by hand to ensure all their clothes are like new and many even still have the tags on. Once you find a great deal and order it, your new items will arrive folded with care in ThreadUp's signature polka dot box. 
Head over to ThreadUp.com today to save up to 90% off retail on your favorite brands. Plus, right now, you get an extra 40% off your first order. Just go to ThreadUp.com Cosmo and enter promo code Cosmo to get an extra 40% off your first order. ThreadUp.com, that's spelled T-H-R-E-D-U-P.com slash Cosmo. That's an extra 40% off right now at ThreadUp.com slash Cosmo with promo code Cosmo. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. Our first guest conducted a survey on Cosmopolitan.com about pubic hair, which you guys already know because we've been talking about it nonstop since we started rolling. But here she is to deliver the shocking results. Welcome, Amelia Thompson-DeVoe. Hi, Amelia. Hi, it's great to be here. Yeah, thank you so much for calling in. Um, So as Ali had explained before you jumped on the phone, you are our brilliant data scientist that has been with us since the moment this survey was born until it went out into the world and had millions of people take it. Okay, not really millions of people. (laughs) Thousands. Thousands of people take it. Um, And then um, sort of helped us sort through what all of the results really mean. Um, So what was your overall reaction to the survey results? So... I wasn't surprised by the fact that many women shave completely and most men tend to trim. There have been studies showing especially that the majority of women tend to shave their pubic hair, um, and so we're pretty much in line with those findings. Um, And it also doesn't surprise me that men do some kind of low-maintenance trimming, although I suspect based on the open-ended responses in the survey where we asked men to elaborate on what they're actually doing, that um, trimming for one guy means a pretty different thing than what it would mean for another guy. So um, <laughs> I also, how you will. Yeah, I also, I feel like it could be one of those self-reported kind of things where you like think you're really trimming, but like, are you? Like when everyone on their right. Tinder profile says that they love going to museums, but they mean they've been to one like once in the past 16 months. <laughs> Right. Um, <laughs> so I think, you know, I, I think it's, it's a it's a meaningful number, but it's also, you know, something that could be open to interpretation from different people. Um, what did surprise me, though, was the fact that respondents tended to say that they groomed because it made them feel more attractive. There really wasn't a difference between men and women on that question, which surprised me a lot. Um, and I think what that's showing is that there's a widespread sense that an ungroomed pubic area just isn't as attractive. And it's even been internalized by men when thinking about themselves, not just their female partners. Yeah. Um, and I was also surprised that relatively few people said that they shaved or trimmed because of hygiene um, and that attractiveness was the main, um, the main reason that they were grooming. And I was also surprised by the number of men who said that their partner's pubic hair would be a deal breaker. Um, it was 30%. 30%. 30%. That is insane. 30%. Let's like yeah. stop and pause. Like three out of every 10 guys you meet or date or whatever would consider breaking up with you because your pubic hair wasn't up to their standards, whatever that means to them. I, I think we've like, you know, sort of know in the corners of our mind that a lot of men are hella shallow, but like <laughs> that really puts it into perspective. I mean, that is like shallow on a level that isn't even like. I don't, this is like an awkward way to say it, but like public facing. That's not even like I would be embarrassed to bring this person to my work event because I don't think they're hot. That's like when I'm in bed with this person and just the two of us, I still care so much about this like 
bullshit idea of an yeah. aesthetic. Pubic hair is not right. public facing. Definitely <laughs> it is not. Doing that. <laughs> well, and I think it also shows the extent to which men really think that they their partner should change their pubic hair if they don't like it. Um, you know, I think it's one thing to say that you have a preference. It's another thing to say that you really would break up with someone over it. Exactly. Um, Right, right. That that would that's a really good point. It's not just like oh, I kind of have my own thing that I sort of like or that I find sexier, but to actually say this would be a deal breaker for me. That's like a deal breaker. Is like this should be something that you're asking people to mark on their like online dating profiles. You know, (laughs) like usually a deal breaker is like, do you want kids? Like, do you take recreational drugs? Like, come on, pubic hair. This is complete insanity to me. Outrageous. (laughs) So um, one of the other survey findings that came up was that 40% of men have asked women to change their pubic hair. So this is kind of along what we were just saying. Not only that men really have an expectation, but they have actually, like, raised that question. Amelia, did that surprise you? So I was expecting a sizable number of men to say they'd ask their partners to change their pubic hair. Um, I really wasn't expecting it to be so many, and I wasn't expecting men to be so open about it. You know, there's sort of this sense on surveys sometimes, and and this is less of a problem with online surveys, which is how we conducted it, um, but it can still be an issue where people kind of understand that the answer to a question is socially unacceptable, and Mm. so they will not tell the truth. even if they have, in fact, asked their partner to shave their pubic hair or whatever the embarrassing answer to the question is. Um, and so the fact that men were being so open about this indicated to me both that they're doing it and then also that they think it's totally okay. Yeah. Oh, God, I hadn't even thought about that. Do you think, like, in all likelihood it's possible it's more than 40% and that was just the percentage who, like, wanted to fess up to it? Well, I mean, the survey that we did also wasn't a scientific randomized survey, so you also know, true. We, should, <laughs> we should pause a little before extrapolating too too much from these findings. But yeah, I think that is possible. Um, and and one of the things that surprised me also in this finding was um, when I called people afterward to talk to them about you know a little more about what they were thinking when they responded to the survey. Men really didn't think this was a big deal. Um, it was just a matter of preference, and they'd be happy to change their pubic hair for their partner. Um, but women, on the other hand, saw this as a really personal request that wasn't just about, you know, hey, I really like the way this looks. Will you do this for me? And more about, you know, oh, my gosh, this man that I've been sleeping with um, really doesn't think I'm attractive um, because I don't do exactly what he wants with my pubic hair. And so I think some of it for men is also a lack of awareness and the fact that women are not necessarily telling them how much this bothers them. Yeah, because it really did seem to be like fairly hurtful for some of the people that we spoke to, you know, like the emotional communication of that question or that request like can really hurt. I... I mean, that is, you guys are being so, like, lovely and neutral about this. I am just, like, (laughs) flying into, like, a feminist rage. But I'm like, well, yeah, hello, this is just, like, a horrible effect of our patriarchal society. Like, men think it's no big deal to ask a woman or to even have a preference about a woman's body. Guys, I feel sad about this. I know, it is sad. And, like, I thought the financial element was super interesting personally and that's not even like 
the average uh, respondent, if correct me if I'm wrong, Amelia didn't uh, wax. She like shaved or used another method. If you are waxing and you live in a city like New York, it's like what forty to fifty dollars. Yeah, add that up every month. Like if you are a waxer, that's such a financial commitment to something that like nobody else sees, and you're doing primarily out of like fear that you won't be attractive enough. Yeah, well, and I think the thing that actually made me the saddest and the most upset when I was um, following up on some of these responses was that, you know, it it can be kind of painful if you don't have the money to wax and you're just kind of shaving a couple times a week with your razor and maybe the razor blades aren't always as sharp as they should be or, you know, you're just... You just don't, you don't know what you're doing because it's a part of your body that's kind of awkward to shave. And so a lot of women were talking about, you know, my skin is really sensitive. I have all of these bumps. I don't know what to do. But it seemed like they had a real sense of powerlessness that this is, you know, this is a thing that they're expected to do. So they're trying to do it, but it's quite painful. Um, and that, you know, that, that was pretty upsetting. <laughs> And so I feel like I just like really like helped us take this conversation in a super depressing direction, which wasn't exactly, I mean, it's fun to talk about pubic hair. Do you, you know, I I think Amelia, you know, you were saying at first that a large percentage of both men and women say that they do this in part because they feel more attractive, which of course, as we've already said, part of that could be internalizing the idea that this is what is more attractive for women, especially. But did you also feel like there are a lot of women that were just like, no, I do this even if I'm not, you know, like in a sexual relationship or like I just feel better when I'm at the gym or like better at the beach. Like, did you also get that sense that like we've been focusing on women doing this in terms of sex, but also the sense that women are just taking care of their hair down there because they want to? Oh, completely. A lot of women just said, you know, I prefer the way this feels. Bathing suits came up a lot. Um, yeah, so I think certainly there's a sizable number of women who just see this as something that they want to do. Um, that doesn't mean that they're not also struggling with things like, you know, how do I shave in a way that actually makes my pubic area smooth without affording waxing? You know, I think that it's not that they didn't have issues that they were articulating, but it, it, in a lot of cases it wasn't connected to their male partners. It was just something that they chose to do. Um, so I don't think there was an element of coercion for most or, or the majority of women. Right. And were there other things about the survey that, um, you know, it sounds like a lot of it sort of aligned with your expectations. Um, maybe some of the percentage numbers were higher than expected. Were there other things that stood out to you, either about the survey results themselves or the follow-up you did with people on the phone, which I imagine, even though you're a total professional, was a tiny bit awkward? (laughs) Hi, can I talk to you about your pubes for a second? (laughs) Yeah, I was actually surprised by how um, open people were with me on the phone. Um, So I was trying pretty hard to not make it awkward for them, but they seemed totally happy to talk about it. Um, It's very much appreciated. Um, I was actually surprised in my follow-up conversations by the number of men who said, you know, hey, this is a thing I would do for my female partner. My female partner has just never asked me to. And I don't care all that much about what I do with my pubic hair. You know, maybe I take some nail scissors to it a couple of times a month or whatever. You know, I like to be kind of 
minimally presentable, um, but they seemed kind of open to the idea, and some of them even seemed kind of surprised that it wasn't a thing they had ever been asked. And so, you know, I think I'm returning to something that I was saying earlier, but it really does seem like men and women don't do a whole lot of communicating about this, and that may be because women, you know, are just not as picky about what their male partner's pubic hair looks like. It may be because people are uncomfortable talking about it. Um, But that was something that surprised me. I'm going to go on the record here and say (laughs) I think this is largely because for men, pubic hair does not grow on the parts that you put in your mouth. And if guys (laughs) actually had hair like on their penis shaft, which is the thing I just said, (laughs) these results might have been totally different because men might have actually been forced to like encounter, oh, like I kind of don't want to have oral sex with you if you don't like maybe make that a little bit neater like it would be more pressing for women if like biology was kind of on our side here for this one just my two cents take it or leave it <laughs> <laughs> like the biology of men basically as a woman you can have further distance from the hair is what you're saying yeah I mean like <laughs> think about it like yes sure you can put testicles in your mouth during a blowjob but I'm like I don't think the average woman does that every single time And so, like, the part that you're interacting with is relatively hair-free, which, like, does kind of make sense that men would get fewer requests for grooming. Right, right. I do also think women are sort of, like, less picky. I think in part because we probably know the, like, eternal heartache and struggle of, like, having to groom. Yeah. Like, you know what that's like. And, like, we we don't feel entitled to your body, men. Like, you clearly feel not the same. Right, exactly. You feel not the same. But (laughs) actually, as I've totally spent, right, this podcast in slash, like, this entire podcast (laughs) show in my lifetime um, ranting about men, I will also say that I do think that this what you just mentioned, Amelia, again, you're such a good impartial person to be discussing this with. But I will say that I do think what you mentioned about men being like totally open to suggestion is actually a theme that we see from men all the yeah. time. And so even should... though I'm acting like they're an enemy, like I feel like most of them are like, dude, like they actually probably some of them want someone to sort of like tell them what to do. Yeah, it wouldn't be surprised. <clears throat> yeah, it, it does like speak to the point that we all could use more communication. Yeah, although I will say, um, going back to what um, was just said about why, you know, why this is less of an issue for men, a couple of women also said that they actually prefer men with some hair and that they think it makes men more masculine. Yeah. Um, So I think that's something else that we're just kind of conditioned um, and there are a whole variety of sources that this could be coming from. But I think for men, it just seems more normal for them to have some hair and that's just not necessarily the case for women. And Amelia, did you, I know we um, gathered information about ages. Did anything strike out at you in terms of like age breakdown or people having different opinions, like older versus younger men or women or guys, men or women? (laughs) Older women were less likely to shave completely. Um, And that was something that I, I asked a couple of women about when I followed up with them because I was curious about what was going on there. Is this you know, is this a generational thing? Um, is it something else? And a number of women actually said to me that they started shaving completely when they were in high school and they felt whether it was because of a request from their partner or just what they were seeing other women do, they felt that this was just what women did and they didn't have a choice and so they shaved completely. And that when they got to college or after college and they were single for a period of time, they didn't bother shaving because they weren't sexually active um, 
as as much as you know would justify shaving entirely i guess and um at that point they realized that they were actually a lot more comfortable with it than they thought and so they just kept doing that um either going totally natural or trimming rather than shaving completely and so i thought that was interesting that kind of as women get a little bit more space and have experience with different kinds of relationships or have more experience being single this is something that they become a little bit more comfortable saying you know i'm going to try different things or maybe i'm just not going to trim or shave at all and I'm just going to let my pubic hair grow out. It gets better. It gets better. (laughs) For a multitude of potential reasons it does appear to get better. And I think that is really interesting in that maybe a sort of like I don't know if you're sort of like new in your sexual escapades as a human that you feel a little bit more self-conscious about things across the board. That makes total sense. And that your behaviors and your comfort level changes as you become more experienced or just older in general. Was there any um, was there any parallel to that with men? Did you see any difference in older men and younger men? I did not really. Oh, um, great. I, mean, <laughs> I know. Yeah. Nothing to look forward to there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, older men were more likely than younger men to say that they had asked the partner to change their pubic hair. But cool. that's exactly what you would expect as people get older, that they just have more partners. So, yeah, yeah it's not something that men really seem to be having that same kind of personal evolution on. Right. Well... Well, I think we should just all agree right now here in the Cosmo podcast happy the Cosmo Happy Hour podcast packed to just like repeat this again in ten years and see yeah see if anything's changed. <laughs> Are you game for it, Amelia? Do you have plans in yeah. ten years? All right, <laughs> this is my only plan in ten years. Okay, perfect. So same time, same place, ten years from now, we will do whatever like the future version of podcasts is. But Amelia, thank you so much. It was a pleasure to work with you on this. The results were so interesting. Um, And I've already said this 14,000 times in this episode, but everyone can check out the great surveys that you put together for us right now on Cosmopolitan.com. Great. Thanks so much. Thanks so much. Talk soon. I wanted to share with you all today a new product that has really helped me lately with reducing the appearance of a scar on my skin. The number one doctor and pharmacist recommended brand, Mederma. Mederma Advanced Scar Gel is the only one-time-per-day scar care product that is clinically shown to reduce the appearance of scars, making the product cost-effective and convenient. Other scar care products may appear cost-effective at first, but they must be applied multiple times per day, which defeats the purpose of saving money and time. Plus, their new Mederma Quick Dry Oil is a brand new formulation on the market and it helps improve the appearance of skin, scars, and stretch marks. It's multi-purpose, it serves several functions as you can use it for scars and stretch marks as well as keeping your skin hydrated. It's great to use on skin imperfections, but you can use it daily as part of your skincare routine, which I do every morning. So go grab Mederma today. You can find it in the first aid aisle of many major retailers. Just because I love these products so much, I'll say them again. That is Mederma Advanced Scar Gel and their awesome new product, Mederma Quick Dry Oil. Grab Mederma from the first aid aisle today. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. Our next guest is a contributing writer for Cosmopolitan.com and friend of the podcast here to talk about his most recent piece on the site about pubic hair. Welcome, Frank Cabola. Hey, Frank. 
Hey, how's it going? Thank you for having me. Yeah, thank you for calling in. So Allie and I have basically been like flying into a total feminist rage about all things related to pubic hair. But I want to like top line these two surveys two survey stats for you. One, 40% of men have asked a woman to change her pubic hair, and 30% of men we found in this survey have actually called it a deal breaker. What was your reaction to hearing those stats? It was really difficult for me to wrap my head around. Uh, I mean, I'm all for body hygiene. I'm all for self-grooming, but for 31% of people, you know, for a third of people to say that it's a deal breaker is is really tough for me to, to understand. I know. Because you're, you're like a woke guy. You would never, you would never, right? Yeah, I don't know that I'd use the term. Uh, it would have to be incredibly problematic for me to for me to say something and for me to treat it as a deal breaker, if you know what I mean. Yeah, um, I agree. It has to be. I'm with you on no that, too. Where, yeah, there's, there's no situation where I'd really have a problem with what people do, you know, with their own body, with their own grooming. I, 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 I just, <laughs> I, I can't imagine it. Um... I, I mean, I can get where guys are coming from in terms of a preference, um, only because I think a lot more guys probably watch pornography even from a young age and probably kind of start to develop an idea of what they think they want to have, you know, within the ideal female partner. Um, but to then say it's a deal breaker is just insanity. And I think it's not that this is like totally surprising, but well, first of all, it's great to hear you're a POV representing like the guys out there that DGA off. So thank you for that. But um, I think it's also not totally surprising that there are, you know, a pretty big gender divide on this. You know, you know, not only are men more likely to request these preferences of their partners, but they're also a little less likely to actually do any like grooming themselves. And so I have to ask you, you're like male POV on this. Like, I feel like wi- like waxing is a normal thing or like shaving or like w- or even like lasering. I think that's a regular thing that women talk about with their friends. Do you ever have these kind of conversations with men? Uh, they don't come up often. Um, but when they do, I mean, at, at least in the, you know, in, in the Northeast over here, most of the guys that I know, when it does come up um, organically uh, as we're sitting around, you know, drinking beers, um, most people do put it in some kind of, uh, of maintenance, of, of manscaping, if you will. Um, but that's something that I, I feel like you, you hear more from guys in their late 20s, not necessarily even guys in, in high school or college. And I think for women, it tends to start a lot earlier. Whereas with guys, I feel like, you know, manscaping was something that I, it didn't even occur to me to do until I was probably, geez, out of college, probably 23, 24. And I think that's the case for a lot of guys. Right. I that's, think, you know, yeah. Anecdotal. Yeah, I mean, I definitely anecdotal, but I would probably agree with you there. I mean, I think for women, basically, at the point where you start to have pubic hair is this point in time where you start to wonder, am I supposed to have this? Right. Is there something wrong with me? What is everybody else doing? I think there's a lot more like doubt and confusion that women face earlier on. And and so um, have you, Frank, have you ever like done anything crazy beyond like trimming or shaving down there like have you ever had a wax in that area <laughs> no no and I, I honestly i personally cannot imagine doing that yeah um, I, I feel like you probably couldn't handle the pain <laughs> yeah it's, it's it's that it's all the crevasses that the wax can get into <laughs> there's a lot that i feel like could go wrong um not that that's not the case with women obviously but um I think it's much easier and probably much safer to just take a razor there. Um, yeah. For men, anyway. Yeah. For men. And so have you ever been in a relationship where, like, the topic of pubic hair has come up? Uh, honestly, no. Because, um, again, I 
as much as I, 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 I you know, I, I like to see some kind of um, maintenance, you know, my partners, I, I do the same thing. Um, so it's never really been a problem. Um, I've never had a situation where I could really call it a deal breaker. Um, Good. Again, <laughs> <laughs> I've also, again, like I said, I've never had a, a situation where I could call anyone untamed, let's say. Right. Um, but, but uh, yeah, I, I, I again, I, I can't, I can't imagine breaking up with someone over it. Um, and I'm, 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 I'm curious what the mentality was of those guys saying it was a deal breaker. I don't know if they're picturing a worst case scenario. I don't know if they're assholes. I don't know if they're talking more about, you know, something casual as opposed to something serious. I'd like to think the best of people. Right, <laughs> right. Some kind of reasoning behind that answer, because again, 31% is a surprising answer. And I, I'd like to think if, if you sat down and spoke with those people, it wouldn't be quite the deal breaker that, that I don't know. I'm, I'm, right. I'm well, trying to make sense of it because I, again, I was, I was, it's mind blowing. Surprised to hear that. Yeah. I do also think there's like a slight possibility. I mean, I think probably like, probably there are a lot of guys out there who are jerks or whatever, whatever. I also think it's, there's a slight possibility that the word, word deal breaker is just confusing to people because I think we do tend to almost mean like, what are your deal breakers? Like people almost use that as meaning like, what don't you like? Whereas like in this case, we certainly met no a deal breaker. Like, would you actually end a relationship? So it's maybe possible some people were just like be confused. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, and yeah, I'm, I'm hoping that's the case. And I'm, good I'm hoping that on behalf of the, you know, uh, male population that I'm representing on this phone call. I'm hoping that's the case. Right. Um, or again, that they're, you know, picturing, you know, going down on a werewolf, in which case I don't blame anybody, but. Right. Well, that just sounds dangerous no matter who you are. Yeah. Right. There seems like a high exactly. probability not, of injury. Um, I think you should back away from the werewolf's crotch. Right. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I think, it, I think in most real, realistic scenarios, there's no undercarried situation that, that, <laughs> That should result in a breakup. That's that's great. Right. Um, so one thing one thing we were joking about, Frank, on our um, last conversation with Amelia, who's the data scientist that like crunch all these numbers for us, is like we should just all agree to do this again in ten years, repeat the survey, see if anything's changed. Do you feel at all a sense like being as you are on the forefront of what all men in America think? <laughs> do you think there's any sense of shifting attitudes? You know, like first of all, men, I think being a little bit more aware, and I think guys today being a lot more attuned to sort of feminism and issues like that than maybe was the case in the past and you know I think even like pop cultural in terms of pop culture there's been a bit of like a return to this sort of like you know more women embracing like not grooming down there or like not wanting to be completely bare which seemed like the dominant trend for a while do you sense that there's any feeling that if we did this again in 10 years things would be different yeah, uh, and that's just not wishful thinking on my part. Just, you know, touching back on how I, I think a lot of guys kind of got into manscaping late in life, I think part of that is kind of part of that whole, you know, metrosexual movement. It's kind of a holdover from from that, if you remember that, you know, yeah, oh, yes. going 10 years ago now where, where um, you know, that was kind of the thing. I think I think that's kind of a, become a mainstay now. That's kind of become an expectation on behalf of guys. And, uh, yeah, so I, I, I absolutely do think that, we're going to see a shift in this. I think, um, you know, in some senses, uh, even in terms of if you go on a, any, you know, mainstream porn site, you're probably going to see a lot more variety in terms of pubic hair now than you did 
10 years ago. And again, it's purely anecdotal, but <laughs> it seems to be the case. Um, I think you are seeing this this huge wave of, without delving into any of the politics of it right now, because that could be a whole other podcast, but you're seeing this, this you know, huge, huge wave of feminism, and it's constantly compounding on itself. And um, like you said, women's choices is going to be a part of that, absolutely. And I, I think, yeah, in, in 10 years, I'm pretty confident in saying that you're not going to see as many people saying that, you know, pubic hair is a deal breaker. Yeah. I hope so. I hope so. Any final thoughts, Frank, about pubic hair before we let you go? <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, as, as far as it goes, uh, um, I'm equal opportunity on this. Um, so if <laughs> anyone ever asked me to shave my pubic hair, uh, I would also break up with them. To me, I, I think it, <laughs> it, it, it goes beyond just being a being, you know, being a problem because it's so intimate and so whatever, I just I just feel like if you're asking someone to change something about themselves and it's just a matter of your own personal preference, and again, it's not a bigger issue, you're not worth dating. That's my two cents. Yeah. Love yeah. it. Thanks, Frank. As always, we appreciate all the opinions we make you have on behalf of all of mankind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, of course. All right. See you soon. All right. Bye. Bye. With Mother's Day just around the corner, I wanted to share with you all a great gift idea that I can't wait to give my own mom. It's called StoryWorth, and it's an easy and fun way for your loved ones to share their stories with weekly emailed story prompts, questions you've never even thought to ask. At the end of the year, they'll get their stories bound in a beautiful hardcover book. Strengthen your family bonds and get to know your loved ones in a whole new way. Here's how it works. Purchase a subscription for someone you love, and each week, StoryWorth sends them an email with a question about their life. They simply reply to this email with their story or can record it over the phone by calling the StoryWorth number. All stories are private and only shared with family that you choose. After a year, their stories will be bound into a beautiful keepsake book. It's super thoughtful and unique and will be a great gift to pass down throughout the family. If you're still scrambling to get a mom a gift for Mother's Day, then this is the perfect option. To try it out for $20 off, go to storyworth.com Cosmo. Don't worry about making a last-minute flower delivery order. Get mom a gift she can cherish for a lifetime. Choose StoryWorth. Again, for $20 off, that's storyworth.com Cosmo. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. So, Ali, I have to say, this was a real emotional roller coaster for me today. I know. I felt so fired up. And then talking to Frank, I was sort of like, oh, you know, the kids are okay. <laughs> Thoughts, feels, emotional reactions to pubic hair. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm still kind of sitting with it. This is like a project that we've been working on for months and months and months. So I will might never recover from my like pubic hair shock. <laughs> but mainly, like, it's okay if you can have the presence of mind to say, like, at the end of the day, this is my body and you're my partner. And, like, it's okay for us to have a dialogue about what we think is sexy and what we might like. But at the end of the day, those decisions come down to me. So if we can kind of, like, keep it in that headspace as much as all of the internalized misogyny and, like, effects of our patriarchal society, like, rage on us from the outside. If you can keep a strong center, I think we'll be okay, pubes or not. Yeah, do what you feel. Exactly. Do what you feel in, <laughs> in life and in pubic hair. Um, well, Ali, thank you as always for joining us. It's always such a pleasure. You're such a frequent, like, a frequent guest, like, unofficial co-host, I would even say. Oh, my God. So. What an honor. Stop. <laughs> 
Guys, I'm blushing. You can't see it. <laughs> She's blushing. True. She's blushing. So as I always say when you're on, um, everyone should go to Cosmopolitan.com every single day and check out the amazing work that your team does on the sex and relationships vertical. Such an important part of what we're doing at Cosmo and you and your team do an amazing job with it. And as always, do you want to shout out your Twitter handle to let the kids know where to follow you? Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Allie, A-L-I underscore Drucker, D-R-U-C-K-E-R. And I'm also like still not over your high school boyfriend. I'm like maybe going to need some more updates about him in a future episode. Yeah, Ooh. maybe. But And as always, you guys can follow me at Alisa Benson on Twitter, Instagram, whatever, whatever. Let us know what you want to hear us talk about next week on the podcast. I'm always listening. I love to hear from you guys. And thank you as always for um, sharing it and subscribing and liking and doing all those things. I'll see you guys next time. Bye. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.